We are finishing off our series on Overcome. And uh, before I do that, I wanted to read just some passages from Revelations. And so uh, if you want to just open your Bible, you can just kind of sit for this. And uh, when we read our passage, I'll have you stand. But Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3, in a significant number of places, it tells us about overcoming. And in verse 17, or verse 7 of chapter 2, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in paradise of God. Then in verse 11, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Then in verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I'll also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Then in verse 20 of the same chapter, to him overcomes and does my will to the end, I'll give authority to the nations. Then in chapter 3, in verse 5, he who overcomes will be like him, be dressed in white. I'll never blot out his name from the book of life but acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. He was an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And finally, in verse 21, to him overcomes, I'll give him the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. He was an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you kind of hear that? It says, to him who has an ear, let him hear. If we have ears this morning, we are called to hear. Not just physical ears, but spiritual ears to understand that we are called to overcome. Amen? And it tells us, and this is good. I read the end of the book, and we win. Amen? So just let that encourage you. And uh, there's a whole sermon on that. And I, there's a, you know, not enough Sundays in this month, even though there's five. There's not enough Sundays this month to do that. And so uh, at some other time, we'll hit that because that's just, that's powerful stuff. But uh, I want to end uh, this morning on this series in Ephesians chapter 6. And it's something that uh, God just really began to speak to me about. And so many times we look at Ephesians 6 and we look at the armor of God and we see it in uh, probably in a little different concept, but Something that really began to impress me that uh, God laid upon my heart was simply this, that we are called to be clothed in Christ. And the biggest issue of overcoming is we need to understand that we start from a position of overcoming. And it's that that we have in Jesus Christ. And so throughout the Word of God, and especially here, it tells us that we need to be clothed in Christ. And so we're going to take a look at that this morning. So let's stand together. And we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin with verse 10. And if there is any message that really is the most important on overcoming, it's this one. Because unless we understand the position of overcoming, we can end up in a rough place. Because too many times what happens is this. We find ourselves on the wrong battlefield. How would that be if uh, we were called to battle and we show up in the wrong field? It's like, did we win or did we lose? What happened? That's what happens. If we are not positioned in Christ, we end up in a wrong place and we're overcome. 
And so Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10, look at what he says. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rules, rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that you may... When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and having done everything to stand, stand then, firm, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Father, thank you that in you we are more than overcomers. That we're reminded of that. And that we can know that we are yours because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And Father, I pray this morning if there is someone here that does not know for sure that they're a child of God, that by the end of the service they will make that certain. Father, thank you that you love us with an everlasting love and you have called us to overcome. And Jesus, thank you that you've reminded us even though in this world we love troubles, you commanded us to be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. We thank you for that. And we give you praise. So, Lord, this morning, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, You may be seated. As you notice here, it tells us that we are called to be clothed with the armor of God. And this is more than just a sense of understanding that it's God's armor. It's more than a sense of understanding that we're preparing for battle. Really what you see here, and I'm, I'm going to kind of show us that because there's so many other passages that talk about that, we're called to be clothed in Christ. We are called to stand in him. And it's that that really we begin to see here that Paul begins by saying, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then he says, put on the full armor. In other words, this isn't some fashion show. It's not that, well, you know, that just doesn't go with my shoes. Well, I, you know, the breastplate just doesn't really feel right, so I'll, no. This is about being clothed with the armor of God. Because we recognize we live in a sinful world. We live in a world that Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles. He didn't say you might. He didn't say, well... It, might come up. He didn't say, oh, I, I forgot to tell you this. No, he said, you will have troubles. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so that's why Paul here, and he closes really Ephesians off. And it's kind of interesting because the beginning of chapter 6, and in most of Ephesians, he kind of gives instructions. In fact, he talks about children obeying your parents and the Lord. And, uh, you know, of course, all the parents said, come on, you can do better than that. All the parents said, and I notice uh, that um, many times 
We like to say that your life may be long on the land that your Lord giveth you. Now, that part's in the Old Testament, so we like to underline that because, you know, I've used that a time or two on my kids. <laughs> I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. <laughs> Actually, I heard that from my dad. And it did put the fear of God in me. Actually, put the fear of my dad in me. But the point of what he was saying here, and again, it's, it's not out of context, but it's in the sense of where he uses this passage and he says, finally. In other words, he is closing out this letter and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, there's a passage, a little few verses down that talk about taking a stand and it's interesting because that phrase is really different than the first phrase in the original Greek. And we'll take a look at that in a bit. But what Paul is saying here is that we are need to be strong in the Lord. And then he reminds us, for your struggle is not against flesh and blood. But he said our struggle is what? Against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, this is where we get in trouble. If we realize that we are not battling flesh and blood, then it changes the entire perspective and the way that we walk, doesn't it? And this becomes the issue because too many times we find out that the circumstances we're dealing with, and every time we deal with circumstance situations, they deal with what? With people, aren't they? Because the world's involved and people are in the world. And so, but the problem is, he reminds us here that we are not to take a look or simply allow our perspective to realize that this is not flesh and blood. This is principles and powers. But there's two aspects we see here. First of all, if it's principles and powers, then we need to understand that we need to come from God's perspective. Amen? Because if we try to look at it from our earthly perspective, we're going to be lost. Now, I've got some good news for you. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us that in Christ, we have a different perspective. Why? Because we have been given the mind of Christ. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2, and uh, this is kind of interesting, it tells us that the Spirit searches all things, beginning with verse 10, and it says, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. But then look at this. We have not received the Spirit who is from the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now, that's important to underline that. I'm going to read that again. We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Is it important to understand what God has given us? Amen. Look at this. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness, and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself 
is not subject to any man's judgment, for he who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But look at this. We have the mind of Christ. That's why it's so important to be clothed in Christ. If we have the mind of Christ, shouldn't we as well be clothed in him emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, every aspect? You see, some of the battles of our own making. Romans 12, 21, Paul said, Do not overcome Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What was he talking about? When we deal with situations and circumstances, the enemy always wants it to become personal. Because it becomes personal, we get our eyes off of God. And we get our eyes off of that. This is not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers. You see... If the enemy can get us in his realm, if he can get us in the earthly realm, and that's where we focus, we're going to be overcome. But if we understand that our position is in Christ, and that in him we have already overcome, that's where we need to do the battle from. Amen? Amen. And so we need to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to produce battles of our own by allowing it to become personal, because it never is. Say this with me. This is not about me. It never is. But we like to make it about ourselves, don't we? We do. You know, we always like that. And that's the enemy wants to do that. He kind of strokes our ego. He says, well, you know, you just need to stand up for yourself. This is about you. And if that becomes the mindset, in fact, we kind of have that in our world, don't we? When that becomes a mindset, everybody, everybody wants attention upon themselves, and everybody wants attention upon what they like. In fact, they deserve, they feel they deserve it, and they go so far as to say, I want to make laws to make sure that you identify what I like. When did that ever become an issue? For years and years, it was never an issue. All of a sudden, we have laws saying that we had with like this and like this and like this and Pretty soon they're going to say, you're going to have to love pizza. My wife's great, but it's like, come on, for every meal, are you kidding me? But see, that's what happens. The enemy wants to trap us in a place of like five senses where it's like we can't identify anything unless we understand it. We can see it. We can hear it. We can taste it. We can touch it and feel it. Then we say, okay, it's real. My friend, guess what? By faith. If we don't operate in the grace and the faith of God, spiritually we're in trouble. If we have to identify anything and everything simply by what we see, hear, taste, touch, and feel, we're in trouble. It's like we're trapped behind a bar, five bars of a prison. That's why he says, hey, our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. Paul is trying to get our attention and saying, hey, recognize this is not where your struggle is. Jesus overcame the world. Amen? He took upon himself all of our sins, all of our cares, all of our concerns, all of our worries, all of our diseases and our sicknesses. Amen? 
He bore them in his flesh that we might be overcomers. And so what Paul is saying to us is, hey, if you're positioned to overcome, realize your struggle is not against flesh and blood. But how many know, as soon as we get sick, where do we feel it? In our body. And what does our bodies do? We need sleep. I know some people that get angry when they get hungry. And there's a term for it. It's called hangry. It's in the dictionary. No, it really is not. If it is in the dictionary, just show me it. What happens? Our body demands things, doesn't it? How many of you have ever had a child that's been very demanding? A few of us. <laughs> Pastor Tim had both hands. <laughs> that typifies the flesh, doesn't it? In fact, we see that. David said that. In sin I was born, or Bellany came from mother's womb. There we go. How many love to believe that children are innocent and they're pure and that they're sinless when they're born, you know? It's not true. It isn't. They become very selfish right away, don't they? They learn how to manipulate and get us wrapped around their little finger very quickly, don't they? It's called human nature. But Paul is saying, recognize your struggle is not against flesh and blood. If we're positioned in Christ, he said we need to realize that our battle is not flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. Well, here's the good news. If we're positioned in Christ, we will overcome. Amen? Can anything overcome God? No. That's why Romans 8 reminds us that if God is for us, who can be against us? That's why it tells us in Christ we are more than what? Conquerors through him who loved us. And so what Paul is saying here to the Ephesians is the same thing. And he's saying, finally, when it's all said and done, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God. In other words, clothe yourself with Christ. Now, remember when he said uh, that we need to stand? Look at this. He calls us to be positioned in Christ. In fact, in Ephesians 2, 6 and 7, here's what he says. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Did you get a hold of that? Let me read that again. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Are you getting that? He tells us that we've been positioned in Christ, positioned in heavenly realms for the very express purpose that in the ages to come that he would reveal to us the incomparable grace. You see, the grace of God and How many like the grace of God? Grace is good. In fact, Paul talks about grace in Romans. He says, in fact, he uses terminology and he says this in chapter 3. He said, now we agree that grace is good and where there sin abounds, more grace abounds. And then he uses kind of an earthly mindset and he says, so does that mean that we should sin more so there's more grace? And he says, God forbid. (laughs) In other words, that's thinking about it in the wrong context. 
It's like the same thing he's talking about here. If you are positioned in Christ and you try to do battle in flesh and blood, you're in the wrong battlefield. You're in the wrong zip code. You're not even in the right country. (laughs) Why? We've been positioned in Christ. We are lifted up in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? That's a good place to begin. You see, that's where we know that we are more than overcomers. Why? Because of the position we have in Jesus Christ. But that's why it calls us and says, hey, remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. Don't get yourself diverted and get the focus on flesh and blood. That's not where the battle is. That's not where the issue is. The issue is with spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. In Galatians 3.27, he says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Next week, we're going to have water baptism services as part of our celebration service. And literally, Paul uses that and says that when we are baptized in Christ, it is a demonstration that we've been clothed with Christ, that we are in Christ. Now, it's important to look at that because... This is what he's talking about. He's talking about that we are called to stand. Now, first of all, when he says, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that you could stand against the devil's schemes. Then look a little further down. He says, having done all, verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God, so the day evil comes, You'll be able to stand your ground, and having done everything, to stand. Now, that phrase is interesting because in the Greek, that phrase is saying this. When you have conquered all, stand. Why does he say that? In fact, why does the Greek say that? And it's kind of interesting that in the English translation, it kind of ties those together. But there's a different word and a different phrase in that one verse. And so literally speaking, what Paul is saying here is this. Having conquered all, stand. How do we conquer? Only in Christ. That's why he says, be clothed with the armor of God. And having conquered, stand. Because if we recognize the position we have in Christ, we are not going to be overcome. If we recognize the position we have in Christ and we realize the battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, we know that we will not be overcome. Now look at this because each of these begin to tell us about the importance of what it means to be clothed in Christ. Look at it, he says, first of all, he says, we need to be what? To buckle on the belt of truth. Now, it's not talking about a belt that we buckle on our pants, keep our pants up. That's not what it's talking about. He says a belt of truth. In fact, the, the thing we can really probably uh, term it as is like a belt of the weightlifter belt around his midsection to gird his loins. In other words, it would strengthen and kind of tighten you up here. And really what he is talking about is simply this. He says, put on the belt of truth because the belt of truth is what? The belt of truth is Christ. Amen? 
John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus in John again said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Man, when I saw this, and, and it's like the Holy Spirit quickened, it said, yes, we are to be girded with truth. In other words, we are to put on Christ. If we put on Christ, all the heavy lifting that we think we're doing, no, it's Christ. Amen? It's the same thing we talked about last week. You know the oxen, the yoke and the oxen? Got that little thing kind of hanging in the middle of there? That's us, kind of hanging there. Our feet are going, and we're thinking, man, we're moving. We're really good and good. I'm, I'm making a lot of time here. We're going to realize our feet are in the air. Jesus is doing the heavy lifting. Amen? That's why he said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why is it easy? He's carrying the load. It's the same thing here. Put on the belt of truth. Put on Christ. Then look at this. He says, to do what? Put the breastplate of righteousness in place. Breastplate of righteousness. It covers the vital areas. It covers our heart. Our righteousness comes through Christ. Amen? Righteousness does not come by what we do, by what we know. No, it only comes through Christ. Romans 3.22, the righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ. Does that tie with what we're called to remember that we've been lifted together in heavenly realms with Christ? Why? Seated with him in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. You see, we have not yet been able to understand even the smallest concept of God's grace. You see, that's why it really grieves the heart of God. When the concept of grace, and it's happened so much in America, that we have taken it and made it very cheap. My friend, God's grace did not come at a cheap price. It came at the cost of Jesus Christ. That is not cheap. In other words, God puts a high value on grace. His favor does not come cheap. Yet, he says, oh, that we would understand all that we have in Christ. Oh, that we would understand that we've been lifted up in heavenly place with Christ so that he began to show us the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness. You see, that's where it begins. Romans 2 said, according to the kindness of God, we're saved only by that. Only by the grace of God. That's why he reminds us and tells us, righteousness is in Jesus and so when you put on the breastplate of righteousness, what are you putting on? Jesus. We need to be clothed in Christ. You begin to get that? You begin to understand the importance of what he's saying? Then he continues and says this. And with your feet 
fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I like the way the NIV puts it because in the Greek, what it's saying is not just putting on the shoes. In other words, it's not just the putting it on, but when you put it on, there's a readiness that comes with that. What is that readiness? The significance of that putting on of the shoes is they're called the gospel of peace. Why? Because Christ has established peace between God and man. The only way we would be in peace with God is through Jesus Christ. James reminds us that we're enemies with God. If you're friends of the world, you're enemies of God. And so James says, hey, don't be a friend of the world. In other words, if you are trying so hard to become a friend of the world, you're going to put yourself at enmity with God. Don't go there. As we talked about last week, we need to understand the attitude. <laughs> the very last verse we looked at, the last line in the last verse, Romans 12.10, they overcame how? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony, and it said they did not love their lives to the death. In other words, they did not consider their life here real valuable. Why? They were strangers and aliens here. Hebrews says and reminds us the promises that were given to them, they saw them afar off. A lot of them died without seeing those fulfilled. Why? They were counted blessed because they were looking for another country. They were looking for heaven. We are called to understand we are brought to peace with God. Why? Because the Prince of Peace has come. And he gave his life on Calvary. And he took our sin upon himself that we could be brought to peace with God. That's why he said, fit your feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. For two reasons. The first reason is to be ready to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do everywhere, to all people. Amen? Matthew 28, 19. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every opportunity we have, we are to be ready, in season and out of season, to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who need good news. Amen? The second thing is this. We are called to be in readiness. Why? We are called to be walking in the gospel of peace. In other words, we are called to be walking in peace. Jesus called us to walk in peace. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You see, if we're walking in peace, no matter what comes against us, we're going to be ready. Amen? Hence, readiness. Fit your feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. We need to be ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to be ready to walk in peace. I love that verse in Isaiah 26. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Why? Because he trusts him. When your mind is on the Lord, you are walking in the readiness of peace. And when you're positioned in Christ and walking in peace, that's why Paul said, hey, 
If God's for you, who can be against you? Hello, this is a win-win-win. Amen? You can have some more wins to that if you want to. That's what I want you to understand this morning. Overcoming is not an issue when you realize you're positioned in Christ. Overcoming is not an issue when you realize that we get to be clothed in Christ. And he describes it as God's armor, not just any armor. It's God's armor. Finally, he says this. In addition, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. How many of those the, uh, the devil likes to pick, take pot shots at us? He doesn't fight fair, does he? He keeps up reminding us of our past. Ever happened to you? Remind you where you came from? Remind you how times you messed up? See, that's why Paul in Philippians told us that uh, he said, I let go of the past. I press on towards a high calling in Christ. You know why he said that? Because when we come to Christ, what does Christ do? He settles our past. Amen? David said it this way, he removes our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. <laughs> Can you say amen? You see, that's why it's so important, again, that we realize that this is not about us. This is not about flesh and blood. Because the enemy wants us to get pitted against one another. And if the enemy is successful, what happens is this. Our mind begins turned and we begin to realize, hey, not everybody likes me. How many like to be liked? Now, if you didn't raise your hand, you're just lying. Come on. Really? You know? I mean, who wants to? I want to be hated by everybody. I'm going to make enemies. That's my goal, make enemies. No, everybody wants to be liked. The enemy wants to key on that. And so what happens is we get so focused and so concerned about what everybody thinks about us. I learned real quickly, not too many really care about what I look like or about what I say. In fact, most people just kind of, it goes right by them. But the enemy kind of focuses in on that, isn't he? Because if he can get us so focused on that, we can get offended very easily. And that offense becomes personal. And all of a sudden, our focus is off of God, and it's now personal. You see, then the enemy's got us. Why? We're in the wrong battlefield. We're in a battlefield where we don't belong. In fact, that's a place we can be overcome. Because we've been lifted with Christ in the heavenly places. And what was Christ's focus? What did he do? Did Jesus get offended? Oh, God, why are you let them do this to me? They can't do this. I can't believe you're... No, he said, Father, forgive them for them, not what they do. You see, if we are clothed in Christ, we're not going to allow the enemy to get us in a place in a wrong zip code, in a wrong battlefield. And if someone offends you, Paul reminds us, I'm crucified with Christ. Galatians 1.10. Then Galatians 2.10. Look at those. Those are powerful. He says, first of all, if I try to please men, I can't be a servant of God. That's called 110 Christianity. 
I'm on 220 Christianity. License 220. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not yet I, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, if I'm living 220, I'm clothed in Christ. The electricity of the Holy Spirit is flowing through me. And no matter what man may do, it's not going to come against me. Why? I'm in Christ. I've been lifted in heavenly places. That's why Paul said, you got two hands. With one, you're going to have the shield of faith. How big is your faith? Is your faith large because it's growing because of every opportunity you have, you trust God? You see, that's how our faith grows. Faith is a growing, living thing. It's not simply an object. It's living, it's growing. Jesus termed it this way, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, say to this mountain, be moved, and it's going to be moved. Why? It's living and it's growing. The more you trust God, the bigger your shield of faith is. So an enemy throws things at you, you throw that shield of faith up there, no big deal. But your faith is pretty small. You're going to be in trouble. And that's not going to stop nothing. Those rubber darts, those are going to hit you and they're going to hurt. But if you have a shield of faith, I mean a shield of faith, that's where he says all the fiery darts of the wicked one, you're going to be able to quench. Why? If God before me, come on. If God before me, you're carrying the shield of faith, it's huge. You can hide behind that thing. You can quench every fiery dart of the evil one. Why? When the enemy comes and reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. That's faith. Why? You've been positioned in Christ. Then look what he says here. Besides taking up the shield of faith, and he reminds us, Romans 10, 17, consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, the message heard through the word of Christ. Get into the word. Then I like this. Then take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the only weapon that's mentioned in this passage. Not because it's the only weapon, it's because it's the standard issue. The standard issue which we are always to have with us. Hebrews 4.12 reminds us, the word of God is living and active. It's sharpened the jubbed sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Judges the thoughts and intents, every attitude of our heart. Then notice the way he ends. It doesn't end it that way. He says this, pray in the spirit on all occasions. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. And he says, never stop praying for all the saints. Never stop praying? Yeah, it's that in First Thessalonians that we're told. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ for you. Kyle, would you come? We're positioned in Christ. 
We've been given everything we need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. It's Paul that reminded us, if God did not spare his only son for us, how will he not freely give us all things? All things refers to that very passage in Romans 8 where he tells us that in every circumstance, God works good. Why? Because God is forming us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's why he will not withhold any good thing from us. Because God is for us. He has positioned us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's why he calls us and he says, finally, finally, stand strong. Put on the full armor of God. And having done everything, having conquered all, how do you conquer all? In Christ. Having conquered all, stand. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, just begin to thank him this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, just begin to worship him, church. Worship's an opportunity to get our attention off ourselves and begin to put it on God. It gets our attention off of all the things around us. That we can say, Lord, our trust is in you. Lord, we bless you this morning. We magnify your name. Thank you that you have told us that we've been lifted in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you position us to overcome? Thank you for that. Thank you this morning, Father, that you love us with an everlasting love. That your word commands us to love with that same love. And reminds us at the same time that nothing, nothing can take us from your love. Oh, thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, may your word be that, God that we desire God to surround us and be in us. Thank you that, Lord, as we begin to walk in the understanding of that, that, God, that shield faith becomes bigger because, Lord, we trust you. Thank you for that. And so, Lord, this morning, we give you praise. Father, we put on the belt of truth. We clothe ourselves with you. Father, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Father, we put on and we fit our feet with the readiness of gospel of peace. And then, Father, we remind ourselves by putting on the hem of salvation that we are not our own. We're bought with a price. <laughs> that we belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us, God, to walk in that reminder of who we are. Positioned positioned to overcome. And Lord, this morning we take up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. God, that completes, that completes who we are in you. It 
describes that we are clothed in Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. 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 If there are situations and circumstances you're dealing with, we just lift them up to the Lord right now. Just as you're in worship, just lift them up. Just say, Father, I just give this to you. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll thank him and say, thank you that I'm going to overcome because it's your promises. You've positioned me. And so, Father, I just surrender this to you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Remember, he has given you the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, remember that. You have the mind of Christ. God said, if you lack wisdom, ask of him and give it liberally. Church, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We overcome because we're positioned in Christ. And then he gives us in Revelations what the overcomers receive. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just bless you. We thank you for that. We say yes to you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Before I pray, if there is someone that just needs prayer this morning, you want someone to stand in agreement? The Bible says, with the two or more agrees touching in his name, it shall be done. Do you believe that? So if you need prayer, come. If you're not sure if you are born again, you need to know Jesus Christ, come as well. Deacons, altar workers, would you come and help? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that everything we have has come from you. Oh, we give you praise for that. Thank you, Father that you remind us that we've been lifted up in heavenly places in Christ. And so, Lord, today, we put on and clothe ourselves in Jesus. We clothe ourselves with Christ. Not just in our mind of knowing who we are, but, Lord, putting on truth, putting on righteousness as found in Jesus. Walking in peace because Jesus, you gave your peace to us. Thank you for that. Readied with the shield of faith. With every lie and accusation against the enemy that's going to fall flat because we know whom we believe in. We're persuaded that, Father, you are able to finish the work you've started in us. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. And Lord, take up the sword of the Spirit and declare your good news. Be reminded of who we are. And Father, we join together as you commanded us to praying right now. And Father, we pray for the saints all over this world. God, that you would raise up a mighty army. That God would begin to take the word of God to every corner of this world in Jesus' name. God, we pray for churches all over America. God, 
begin to start revival fires in churches. Begin to stir our hearts. God, may we fan the flame because we know who we are to remind the world that Jesus loves them, that he paid the price, that they could be set free from the power of sin and death. Thank you for that, Father. Oh, we give you praise for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for that, Father. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to your word today. We come in agreement, Father, and say yes to heaven's plan for us, God. Thank you for that, Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're more than overcomers. And Father, having done all, having conquered all, we say yes. Yes to you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you've been positioned in Christ? Amen. God bless you and encourage one another.